Raising the Bar podcast, brought to you by the Association of Gray's Inn Students. Hello, welcome to another Raising the Bar podcast. This is the first podcast I've recorded remotely, so it's quite a new experience. And uh, as I was explaining to one of our guests a minute ago, I spent half an hour on the phone to Chris from the podcast company because I couldn't get my microphone to work and it turns out it was just the wrong way round. But uh, thankfully that's now sorted and we're very lucky to be joined by Vicky Wilson and Steve Innes who are here to talk about dealing with rejection. So Vicky is a barrister at Goldsmith Chambers who practices exclusively in family law. She's chair of Wellbeing at the Bar and of the FLBA Wellbeing Subcommittee. Steve is a barrister at Four News Square who practices in commercial law and he's a member of the Wellbeing at the Bar Working Group. Thank you very much both of you for joining Thank you very much for having us. Yes, indeed. Thank you. Vicky, when we talk about dealing with rejection, this could mean a huge variety of things in so many different aspects of our lives. So in this context, what do we mean when we're talking about dealing with rejection? Well, here we're really talking about how you respond to being rejected, um, particularly as a BPTC student. I'd say probably the biggest rejection you have to face is rejection from pupillage applications. You've spent all these hours working on your form. You've answered that wretched question, why do you want to be a barrister? And, and then in, on many occasions, you're unsuccessful. And it's really considering what, how you deal with that and what you do with that, um, because it is painful and disappointing to be rejected. Steve, is this what you mean when we're talking about dealing with rejection as well? Yes, um, I think that's the particular impetus um, for having this um, podcast and having this conversation. Uh, It is something that's, um, I guess it's the time of year as well, particularly, but it is something that I've noticed um, uh, recently um, creating quite a bit of traction on um, social media. Uh, It's clearly something that people are particularly worried about um, in that context and for reasons that we'll come on to, I'm sure it has, you know, particular significance and particular difficulty um, in that context. Uh, obviously, uh, there are other contexts in which um, we as, as students, barristers and people generally um, have to deal with rejection. Um, and of course, um, you know, there, there are uh, similar sort of coping strategies that we'll be employing and similar effect on well-being. Um, but th- there is a bit of a danger when people at uh, my sort of level and, and Vicky's level uh, talk about how it impacts on us in the profession, um, that um, students who are listening to this think, well, that that's all very well and good, but you're in a rather different position from us established in the profession. And, um, that I've, and I did notice when, on the social media that um, when uh, sort of um, you know experienced practitioners um, weighed in um, there is a bit of a, di- a, a danger that it sounds like uh, when you when people like us say that this is a difficulty uh, you will have to deal with other similar sorts of scenarios in practice it sounds a bit the danger rather that it sounds a bit like us saying get used to it you just need to toughen up and I think it's important that we make clear and I'm sure um, Vicky will make the same point. We're, we're, we're not trying to say that. We're not trying to say, toughen up, you'll have to deal with it. We do recognise uh, it's extremely challenging. There's a lot of pressure for you when you're applying for pupillage. Um, but perhaps what the focus of uh, of what we're saying is, uh, is more, th- this is something that, that other people have to deal with. And, and just so just be aware, uh, there are other people who've been through it and hopefully that gives you some confidence that you will come through it. Vicky, Steve's just uh, spoken about how this is talked about on social media a lot, how it affects a lot of students, as you yourself pointed out. 
and how this conversation isn't about toughening up it's about sort of addressing concerns that those people have so why do you think it's important to have this conversation with those people I think it's important for all of us to acknowledge that rejection is nothing to be ashamed of. Every single person at the bar has experienced rejection. And it's not, um, we, we must get away from this idea, it's just you. Um, everyone has experienced it. And the more open conversation we have about it, the better as far as I'm concerned, precisely for the reasons that Steve has set out. Um, that, that, that this is something that needs to be talked about and um, to help people have strategies for how you move on from those sorts of disappointments and um, that kind of experience. So Steve, Vicky's just uh, obviously emphasised that it's not just you and I think that's a message that's really important uh, to emphasise, especially when, when we experience rejection, it's very easy to feel that it is a, a personal attack on us. Why do you think it's important to emphasise that it's not just you and to have this, as to use Vicky's words, open conversation? Well, um, I think for a couple of reasons. Um, the first is uh, we're talking about trying to help pupils. Uh, but I think one of the important things that we should be trying to achieve uh, is also thinking about the role of chambers, uh, sets of chambers or, or other employers, um, and uh, the impact that they have. Um, again, uh, drawing on what I was reading on, on social media, uh, it, it's inevitable that um, people, you know, not, not everyone can be picked for, for a pupillage in a particular set of chambers. So by definition, some people will be rejected. And that's one thing. But one of the things that did come out were, uh, one always gets horror stories, but stories about how chambers, uh, you know, in particular disastrous circumstances, deal with things very badly, for instance, by notifying the wrong person, making an offer and then have to re uh, re withdraw it or something, which is obviously horrendous. Um, but also a very common um, message, which which seems to me to come through, was about the real importance of um, giving feedback. And of course, the bar isn't a uniform place. Different sets of chambers will have their own um, personalities and their own practices and procedures. But um, really did sense um, uh, students emphasising how important it is um, for them to get feedback so that it isn't just a case of rejection uh, with them not being able to move forward. But any it seems that any feedback that can be given, any constructive feedback, is really, really helpful in taking the positives out of it um, and, and, and then um, looking forward to uh, the next application. So I think whilst we're talking um, to students, and I dare say they're the main part of our um, intended audience, it is important in the conversation that we recognise the role of chambers and them trying to follow best practice and improve where they can um, in, in helping students in that way. I think the other point that I wanted to make um, is that there are perhaps sort of two difficulty, two aspects to the difficulty with being rejected, um, particularly for a pupillage. Um, one is obviously the um, uh, the difficulty with come that comes with the fact that you're trying to get get established and get a pupillage. Uh, that the effort that you've put into that application has it seems um, come to nothing. You've got to go through it again. You haven't found the pupillage you want. So there's all the disappointment that comes um, with that. And the second um, but different aspect of this is the impact that the uh, rejection has on you on a personal level uh, in terms of the effect on your confidence and self-esteem. And that that's inevitable when it's a very personal process. Um, and, and you start to think, well, why was I rejected? Is it because I'm 
uh, not destined for the bar? Uh, did I do something wrong? Am I just not going to be good enough? And, and, and clearly that's um, the other aspect of things that we um, need to work on and, and, and perhaps can give some advice about. I completely agree with that impact on your confidence. It can feel like a real um, personal, um, perhaps not attack, that's maybe a too strong a word, but it can feel very personal to be rejected by a Chambers. Um, But we've seen for ourselves, and I I think this goes along with the general message you've been giving, um, in podcasts, we've spoken to a few people who apply for pupillage several times. And clearly, these people are going to be amazing barristers, or perhaps they already are amazing barristers. Um, And they did get pupillage eventually. But because it's such a competitive process, some people just don't get it, no matter how deserving they are. And so I think um, maintaining that confidence despite... Uh, rejection is something that's really important. Um, Absolutely. I think it's really worth bearing in mind that it's not a reflection on your ability necessarily if you don't get pupillage first time round. I used to be head of pupillage in my chambers and all the applications we were going through, there were so, so many good ones. And the ones we happened to pick some, but there were equally good ones which didn't get past Um, past the bar so remember it really isn't about saying you're not good enough I I completely acknowledge and recognize that it will dent your self-confidence and it it can um, hurt your self-esteem but but please do put it in the perspective of remembering that 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 we're we're not saying you're no good it's just one of those processes with thousands of people applying where you don't necessarily succeed first time Really, what James is trying to do, um, whether it realises it consciously or not, is is to try and find uh, the pupils who it thinks are going to be the best fit um, for it as Chambers and and the work that it does. And it's not really a question of one person being objectively um, better than another, although obviously we try and hope that that, that's what we're trying to achieve. We're trying to be objective about it as possible. But I think it is inevitable that we, um, you know, uh, I say sometimes um, subconsciously think about people who we think would be a good fit, and um, you know, it, it, there are so many variables in terms of uh, who might be the people on the particular interview panel that day, um, the particular experience that you've had that maybe comes out in a question which chimes with the experience of someone on that panel or, or someone in chambers. So it's in a sense such such a question of luck as to whether that um, match is made. That um, as Victoria says. Being rejected doesn't mean you're not good enough um, necessarily even for that chambers. It certainly doesn't mean you're not good enough to be successful at the bar. It just means on that particular day, in that particular pool of, of candidates who've applied for that chambers this year, um, they haven't decided you're the best fit um, for chambers. It's not quite the same, but my daughters have been going through uh, re- recently applications um, for, for, for schools. And... Um, something that they're obviously a bit younger but something that seemed to really resonate with them was when we as parents said um just remember when when you're applying to these schools um all we're really trying to do is find out the place that's right for you it's not really whether one school is objectively better or not whether you're better than other people it's finding the best fit so that you'll be happy at the one you go to and the school will be happy with you there and i think that's that is pretty similar to what what chambers are, tr- are trying to do. R- remember that uh, obviously easy for us to say and um, e- easy to forget. But remember that we are genuinely as chambers 
um, looking for barristers, uh, pupils who are going to be successful as barristers. And we very much see as it a competition where we've got to find the right people. We've got to persuade them uh, to accept offers uh, to come to us and, and then stay with us as, as pupils in Chambers. So um, it, it does help, I think, sometimes to turn it around that way and say that Chambers is equally um, going through a process, a, a competition uh, of, of trying to find the right what it thinks are the right people for it. I think that's very comforting advice to hear, to hear that um, obviously when you get to this stage, everybody applying is very successful, everybody applying is very qualified and it might not be that you are perhaps less successful or less impressive than anybody else. A lot of it is um, whether or not you would fit in at that specific chambers and that will change year on year, that will change depending which chambers you apply to and so it's important to uh, to not give up. Steve, you spoke about asking for feedback and that's obviously something positive that we can take um, from rejection. Vicky, can you think of any other positives um, that we can take from this experience? Well, I, I think um, something to remember is that rejection, if you deal with it in the right way, can actually benefit you. And what I'd suggest and what I mean by that is think about where in the process you got rejected and if there's anything you can do to improve your chances. So by way of example, if you find you're applying for pupillage and you're not being invited to interview, that's the point to consider. Is there something about your application form that isn't helping you um, progress to the next stage? There's obvious pitfalls such as typos, um, which happens, or cut and pasting the wrong chamber's name, um, being too verbose in your actual form. But um, there's an opportunity there to speak to um, members of the inn and others and, and say, have a look at my form and tell me honestly, do you think, how does it read? Where am I going wrong with this? Um, similarly, if you're finding you're getting through the paper sift and it's when it comes to interview that you're um, not succeeding, then, then that's an opportunity to think about why you're falling at the interview hurdle and do you need any more help with your technique? And again, there's a lot of people out there who would be delighted to help and talk to you about your technique and about ways in which you can perhaps come across better at interview. Um, so so th those are um, points to, to bear in mind in terms of positives um, and, and in terms of how you um, have the right attitude towards rejection, in my view. I can really concur for the um, help that Gray's Inn gives. I had a mock interview with a barrister at Gray's Inn, which was invaluable and so helpful. And she gave up a lot of her time to help me. Um, and there are so many people at Gray's who will do that, even just uh, not necessarily through a formal process, just people who are willing to have a chat with you and to, to talk to you about your applications. Who else can we ask for guidance when we're dealing with rejection? If I could jump in here, one of the other things that Grays offers uh, is a scheme of um, mentorship. Um, I know a bit about that, having been a mentor for, for a number of years and um, uh, interacted with a number of the students. And it's, um, I think, very valuable for, for both um, parties. Um, I think one of the things that I felt having done that is often, um, and going back here to um, Victoria's point about if you're, um, particularly if you're identifying the the stage of the proceedings at, at which you're getting to and, and 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 which you can't get past one of the things i noticed was that um where people were um not being that successful in being called to interview um that it was really important to look at um the sets of chambers 
um, that they were applying to. But I think it is really difficult for people who are students to uh, gauge what different sets of chambers are like. Of course, there are a few sets of chambers who we could probably identify as the equivalent of magic circle um, sets, uh, and, and most people know who those are. Um, but beyond that, it can be quite difficult to know the particular strengths um, or, or, or otherwise of particular sets of chambers. And, and I do think um, I've found, had a couple of experiences where trying to really dig down with the students into what their strengths were, uh, which the particular sets they were uh, interested in uh, and where they sort of put themselves on the scale really helped them. And um, sort of related points about, uh, you know, were, were they uh, applying for just one area of practice or more than one so that we could maybe shift the focus and uh, and apply to more sets doing a particular area of, of, of law. Um, things like that re really seem to have helped in a couple of cases. We mentioned um, the help that the, the inn can give, uh, really strong in the um, education department because of the um, connections they can draw on and the um, barristers they can organise things like um, mock interviews with or um, CV um, review with. But I would um, encourage anyone who hasn't done it to, um, who has the opportunity to um, take up the chance of having a mentor because, um, as I say, I, th I think it can, can really help you in um, trying to pitch your application and, and you know, the sets you're choosing to apply to. I was just going to say I completely echo what Steve says. And also, don't be afraid to approach people informally. A lot of barristers these days are on Twitter. And um, I've certainly had many students approaching me and asking for advice. And a lot of us are delighted to help out in that way. And, and also, we can tailor our mentoring to the individual. I, I for example, do a lot of, um, I, I say to people to contact me via WhatsApp and then just tell me what they need in terms of particular help at that moment in time. And, and those sorts of connections can go on for well beyond the BPTC year. So, so never feel afraid to approach barristers and ask for their help. We're a really collegiate profession, um, in addition to Grace particularly being a great source of support. As a student, I can completely agree. I found the bar to be extremely friendly and um, with people who really, really want to help. I think where it is a very difficult profession to enter into, people want to help other people to join it. You know, once you're in it, it's not a case that you um, suddenly forget how difficult it was to get in. Um, so, yes, I definitely agree with everything you just said. I think um, just just to add on that, I, I think um, m m most people um, at, at say Victoria, my my level, um, recognise that um, the system has changed dramatically uh, in the time that we've been in practice, and the application process was was very different um, when we were applying. Um, in my case, um, about twenty years ago, um, it, it wasn't as common then for people to be going through um, several rounds of. Um, applications over, over several years that has gradually changed and um, my impression now is it's much more the norm that um, people are having to do two three four maybe even five um, years of applications um, to uh, actually secure a pupillage now obviously that's um, in a way much harder um, it, you know, it means you're having to support yourself during that time more likely to be having to deal with rejection and so on but but I guess what it does imply is that if people are having to do it uh, commonly uh, over several years uh, it must mean that uh, there is a process of uh, refining um, and, in, and improving your application um, over the over those periods um, 
to get the um, desired result. Um, now, I, I guess obviously that could be a, a number of different things. Um, it, it could be, um, I've touched already on um, re refining your choice of chambers so that you think you're pitching it at the right level. It's quite common for people to say they don't think they you know, apply to sets that are realistic for them perhaps in their first year. Um, it might mean um, improving just the way you write um, your application and the way you structure it and those sorts of things. Uh, it might be that with each year you're picking up more experience uh, that you can uh, use to strengthen uh, your CV by showing relevant kinds of experience that you've gained over it. Um, I, I suspect it may be also that um, uh, uh, chambers feel if people are uh, applying and are still going, that shows a real determination, a real drive and will to succeed. And, and obviously that's very um, powerful. I, I, I did, when I started, think, oh, uh, it must be terribly demoralizing. Is there, is there a worry that uh, Chambers are going to look at me and think, um, uh, gosh, I've failed in previous years. I can't be one of the top people. But I just don't think that that is the way they look at it at all. Uh, and I think that Chambers... Uh, and certainly if it was me uh, on the application, uh, considering the applications, would think, gosh, here is someone who has still got that drive. They're still supporting themselves. They're still determined to keep going. And that's a very powerful thing. I think the other um, thing that one shouldn't forget uh, is that uh, when you're a pupil and possibly in your second six doing advocacy, uh, doing real court work, uh, representing uh, real life clients, um, there is a there's an important aspect to how you come across. And uh, I, I do think there can be an advantage in being that little bit older, uh, having had a little bit more uh, experience and being a little bit more worldly wise, if you're representing someone whose liberties on the line or who's concerned with whether they'll get to see their children again or that sort of thing. I, I think um, there can be an advantage in just that being a little bit older, uh, just having a little bit more life experience uh, and therefore being able to find possibly different ways of being able to um, connect with with the, with the client, the solicitor, the court even. So I, I, I want to, I think, get the message across that don't feel with each year that goes by, um, it's getting harder. Uh, you're on a downward slope and your time's running out. Of course, we recognise you've got to support yourself and, you know, um, time can run out eventually. But I do think um, you have to try and tell yourself, because I think it is genuinely the truth, that with each year, um, your application should be getting stronger uh, for all the reasons that I've identified. And hopefully uh, you can get that little bit further each time. And just remember, you only need one Chambers to make you an offer. Uh, and and um, with all those elements of luck, um, hopefully each year there's a better chance of it happening. Vicky, um, we've heard from Steve about how the fact it can take a very long time to get a pupillage. And even though that can be beneficial in the sense that people gain more experience it can also be very mentally challenging how is this linked to the well-being work that you do well we try to instill in people applying to become barristers the recognition that you need to take ownership of your well-being and your mental health at an early stage um, we, we try to encourage everybody to seek a support network um, there's many resources for that. For those of you who aren't familiar with them, may I signpost you to the Wellbeing at the Bar website, um, which has got various resources um, in order to help you become more resilient throughout the process. 
And um, what we're really trying to do is acknowledge that as time goes on with each step of the way, just just try and remember it's not going to be easy and remember that there are people and um, resources available to help you as you try and progress. Thank you. And you've spoken about these resources and we've spoken about the Grey's Inn mentors and the education department, um, tutors, barristers around the inn. It's clear that there's a lot of support for people out there, isn't there? Absolutely. There really is. It's just a case of having the courage to ask and, and, and just feeling brave enough to acknowledge that it is a difficult process rather than bottling it up and saying, oh, it's all fine. But just saying, do you know what? It is actually tough going through this and I'd quite like to be open about it and seek some support and help. In relation to well-being, I would echo uh, the signpost to the well-being at the bar um, website. Uh, I can say this because I didn't have any role in creating the materials, so I'm not taking credit for it. But they, they genuinely are excellent and really tailored to people in specific situations. I've, I've looked at them for other areas and they're very helpful indeed and give you lots of further information and further links. I think the other thing, just, just to, to mention, to put it in, try and put it in a nutshell, is... Um, what we've learned, I think, about and people learning about well-being is that it's not a personality trait like um, being brave or um, being um, confident or something like that. Um, re- resilience is really m- much more about a series of um, things that you can do, steps you can take um, to try and uh, get you in a better position for your um, mental and physical health to try and help you deal with these difficulties like rejection. So it isn't really right to say people are naturally uh, more resilient than others uh, because you can improve uh, your resilience and your ability to deal with things by taking steps like making sure you get proper sleep, um, making sure that you uh, have activities away from work that help you unwind about unwind from work and focus on other things. I think that's really important if you're going through uh, this really pressured situation of applying for pupillage. We know there's a lot of work involved, but you've got to have a release for that um, mental um, anxiety and, and way of focusing on something else, you know, eating properly, taking exercise. These are things that people like me have perhaps discovered a bit later in life than we should have done are trying to do more to help ourselves in our um, in our practices by doing it. But they're obviously equally important um, when you're applying for pupillage that you get yourself as fit as possible um, mentally and, and physically uh, and that will help you I think come across um, well you know n- no one uh, I think uh, you know on a pupillage committee wants to see a people coming who, who looks you know like they're going to drop dead because they're of course everyone expects people to be have some nerves and that sort of thing but we don't want to see someone looking so stressed that they're going to fall over uh, we want to see people who can take things in their stride and and I think it's increasingly important to feel that people are going to be able to take care and and look after themselves. I think um, it's also worth mentioning that um, obviously in the very strange um, situation that we're in at the moment with the um, restrictions under um, the coronavirus um, that that is affecting the way um, that people uh, go about things. Uh, You know you may not be uh, for us as barristers we're not necessarily seeing well we're obviously not seeing our colleagues uh, in chambers daily if that was something we might be used to doing uh, if you're a student uh, you're probably not having um, physical lessons you may be doing things remotely or not having anything at all so you're not having that regular contact with other students um, so it is you know that those are release valves talking to other people about what you're going through and sharing your situation it is really important um, that you 
try and give yourself that outlet uh, whilst we're under lockdown. Make time to, you know, call and um, have Skype chats or whatever uh, with, with your with your friends and people who are going through the same situation. So you're not um, missing out on that. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's uh, really important that we recognise is putting additional stress on people. It's a situation we haven't encountered before, but that just makes it more important than ever to um, try and look after yourself and get yourself in the best mental and physical health that you can. And that should help you a lot. So focusing on this well-being from what you said, it sounds like it can really help to overcome any feelings of self-doubt that might come from rejection, um, whether that be when applying for pupillage or at the bar itself. Um, absolutely and remember that at the bar we're not looking for one one dimensional characters we actually really like seeing people who do have a life beyond the law if someone were to turn up and apply and say to me my only joy in life is reading the red book and um, I only like to read statutes at weekends that that's not what we're after we we want people who um, do do have a more rounded existence and and so every time you take steps to look after yourself and uh, and um be kind to yourself, that is actually indirectly helping you to get to pupillage and get to the bar. Steve, if you had to give one message to the people listening to this podcast, what would it be? I think I would say that the hardest um, thing to deal with probably uh, is the the sort of blow to your self-esteem when you're um, rejected for something. And, and, you know, many of us have this, I say it's comes up not just in um, applying for pupillage, but in um, things that we do as professionals. If you're applying to be a judge or uh, hoping to get taken on in a particular case and you don't and so on, or you, you lose a case that you'd hope you'd won, all of these sort of blows come and they, and they can be difficult to deal with. Um, but you just have to, I think, uh, tr- try and be confident. And when I talk about the experience that we've had as barristers, as, as I emphasise, it's not about saying, um, toughen up because you'll have to deal with this the rest of your life the message i really want to get across is um other people are going through this other people have been through this and it doesn't mean um that you're unsuccessful or doomed to be unsuccessful because you haven't been taken on by this particular set in this particular year there are many examples um we don't have to name any names that i and i'm sure victoria could think of in our sets uh, across the bar of people who are phenomenally successful, um, but perhaps uh, found it much harder to get a pupillage, uh, 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 got, um, you know, a, a very successful now, but started in a, um, you know, a, what might be regarded as a more lowly set and, and, and work their way up and, and then move chambers later on. People develop at um, later, um, at different rates in their careers, perhaps someone might not have had a stellar academic career before they um, came to the bar, but their strengths are in um, building relationships with solicitors, in advocacy and so on. And those qualities, um, you know, lead them upwards um, later on after they've got pupillage. So just try and remember that um, there are people who've been successful who uh, weren't successful immediately. Um, And it doesn't mean that you won't be if you're rejected on this occasion. Keep going and um, it's likely that you will succeed. Um, Just keep trying. Vicky, would you add anything to what Steve's just said about um, a final message that you'd give to people experiencing rejection? I think I'd ask people to remember that rejection means you've shown the courage to put yourself out there. Because what I'd suggest is if you never get rejected in life, that suggests 
that you're living too far inside your comfort zone. And, and so you're always going to have a what if if you don't try. So if you're rejected, remember you've had the bravery to put yourself forward for a certain position and you've tried. And I, I think that's something to be really proud of. So I'd um, ask you to remember that. And I'd also echo what Steve says as well. Thank you both of you for all of uh, this advice. It's been extremely useful and reassuring for an experience which can be an extremely challenging time. And thank you as well for adapting to the remote recording. And thank you everybody else for listening. Thanks very much. Thank you, I enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to the Raising the Bar podcast. Please subscribe, rate and review. And for more information, check us out on Twitter at RaisingTheBarGI.